This is the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel, and it's episode number 92. Welcome to the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel. We're all about highlighting self-help, positive psychology, and books on well-being. We share the content and actionable advice so you can make normal life extraordinary. We are a community of lifelong learners, high achievers, and busy people. Get ready for your download so you can live life happy. I'm your host and addicted to reading, Andrea Seidel. Hey there, Andrea here. I'm so excited. I highlighted such a great book. But before we get to that book, I wanted to let you know that I can help you painlessly give birth to your book. So if you have a book in your heart, I would love to turn that dream into reality. You can learn how to confidently create, develop, and complete the first draft of your book. And I usually help people with nonfiction, self-help related books, everything to do with well-being and positive psychology, or anything that's going to help people flourish in their lives. So of course, book writing can be very overwhelming and you can get that momentum crushing feeling of procrastination or uncertainty and, or that you have no time or you just don't even know where to start, but it is possible. And so I'm here. I am a published author. I also have built my whole entire career around helping people give birth to their books because I believe that books change lives and I know that they do. They've changed my own. So if you want me to help you write your book, go over to my website at andreasidel.com and I'd be happy to help you and just give birth or get you started on the process of publishing your book. I also have a hybrid publishing company where it kind of bridges the gap between self-publishing and traditional publishing houses. And I would love to help you get your knowledge, your experience, and, and everything that's really going to make a difference in people's lives. Not to mention your life as a published author, the credibility, the lives that you can touch, And you know what? It's another revenue stream as well for your income and your career. So that's just to name a few of the benefits of becoming a published author, right? So I would love to help you. Feel free to go over to my website at andreasidel.com and find out more. Okay, now back to our normal programming. This is where I highlight books. I suck out all the actionable nuggets so that you can turn knowledge into action. I also love all these coachable moments or exercises or little tidbits of Um, knowledge that these wonderful authors put forth for us, because let's face it, we could read all these amazing books, but if we don't kind of apply the learning or we don't take that knowledge and put it into action, then it's not really going to benefit our lives. And that's the whole purpose of this podcast. I am here for you, whether you read the book or not alongside with me, I'm also here just to highlight and provide summaries of these amazing books. But if something sparks your interest, I always encourage you to purchase the book and support the author because they put so much research, energy, time, and love into these books, as well as experience and knowledge. Holy cow, right? So we can learn so much. So books are like little packages of wealth of of information so that we can really learn and grow and change and prosper. Okay. So basically this book, I love it so much. It was highly, highly voted upon. 
So if you haven't gone to my website, by the way, we have votes on these books. So get into this voting, right? It's so fun. And so you can vote on this book, which is, this is the book that everyone actually selected. And there's so many people like unanimously picked this book to highlight. And it's called Self-Compassion. It's by Kristen Neff. Uh, She's a PhD. And this book is so good because it's about the proven power of being kind to yourself. So that's the actual title, Self-Compassion, The Proven Power of Being Kind to Yourself. And when she says proven, it, it is proven. Like this whole book is based on years and years of research and scientific studies, and it, it, it is backed by science. So we know we're learning from the best here. Okay. So why is self-compassion so important? Like why does it matter and how do we develop it? And so, you know, when our life is full of failures and competition and despair and disappointment and, you know, how can we, how can we really feel good about ourselves? It's amazing how we actually do have as much, you know, self-esteem that we have. And so in a competitive world, like we live in, uh, it's filled with stress. It's and our world is filled with setbacks and challenges. So it's so easy I don't know about you, but it's so easy to go into a place of negative self-talk. And oh my gosh, I, I, I caught my daughter doing it. I caught, I catch myself doing it. So this book is so great because it really does teach us the power of self-compassion and you're going to, your mind is going to be blown. Like it's a huge shift in how we deal with struggle, internal struggle, challenges in our life. This podcast is going to help you in this book that I've highlighted. It's going to help you discover why self-compassion is essential for authentic happiness. And it's also essential for a feeling of self-worth and self-efficacy. You'll also learn to cultivate your own reservoir of self-compassion. Like, you know, you're going to build up that ability to have self-compassion as well as there's so many benefits that self-compassion has to offer us. So if you feel like there's sometimes pitfalls to this whole self-esteem movement, this book is for you. Or if you tend to be really, really, you suffer from excessive criticism or self-criticism or you're really hard on yourself, this book is definitely for you. Also, if you if you want to know just how to apply self-compassion to your life so you can use it to actually improve your life, this book is for you. So she really does teach us positive self-talk techniques. She also teaches us to accept setbacks as a natural part of our human experience. It's part of nature. It's part of like our human existence here, right? We're going to have setbacks and we're going to have challenges. And she really humanizes it, which I really love. And she also basically says, you know what? It's stop, stop. It's time to stop beating yourself up and, and it's time to leave insecurities behind. And more and more psychologists are really turning away from the emphasis on self-esteem and moving more towards self-compassion and the power of self-compassion. So this book is going to offer us that expert advice on how we can really limit that self-criticism, how we can offset its negative effects, how we can enable ourselves to really reach our highest potential and feel more content and fulfilled in our life as well. Okay. Are you ready? (laughs) All right. So throughout your life, you may find yourself, you know, 
criticizing yourself or, you know, like what's coming up for you? So what, what things do you say to yourself that you're really not nice to yourself or, or where do you feel insecure in your life right now? Even if you have to pause this podcast right now and kind of think about the things that you're dissatisfied with, the things that you're frustrated about, or just, you know, if something hasn't turned out the way that you wanted it to turn out, um, those things in your life, I want you to think about your life and, the bottom line is we're all exposed to setbacks and despair. We're all exposed to these things that can be very difficult and um, it, it can become very difficult to actually feel authentically good about yourself. So even if you have to pause this, just really think right now to something that you feel a little bit insecure about or something you're dissatisfied with or you're just frustrated or things just haven't turned out the way that you thought that they were. Maybe just write those down and think about them right now, because this will help you through this whole entire book. It's going to help you through this podcast because it's going to allow you to use those examples um, to really help yourself. Okay. So through self-compassion, we can quiet our inner critic. We can recognize our authentic emotions, things that are going on for us. And we can also treat ourselves with kindness and we can increase our compassion even in our relationships. So self-compassion becomes really essential. Um, I love the part of her book. She talked all about that there's a problem with self-esteem. So people really do want to feel uniquely special. I know I do. (laughs) We all do, right? But the problem problem is, is that you can only feel this way if you're able to convince yourself that you're above average or you have special skills or talent or you are above average when it comes to beauty or success or intelligence. It's almost like, quote unquote, this specialness. And it becomes almost a prerequisite for self-esteem, for healthy self-esteem. And so that's why it's you could see how it's damaging, right? So while feeling special offers us, you know, sometimes it, it feels good and there's a strong temptation to feel special. It ultimately prevents us from being self-aware and ultimately prevents us actually from personal growth. Because when we don't feel this specialness, then we feel like the flip side of it is that it's artificial self-esteem and that it can really lead to extreme self-loathing and it can lead to disappointment. And isn't that, isn't that crazy, right? If we really do, um, buy into this idea of that we need to feel special in some way and we convince ourselves that we that we need to be above others or in certain aspects of our life in order to feel good about ourselves then there's a, a downfall to that because once this once we realize that we're not or maybe we see someone better than us because there always will be someone better than us at something um, it it prevents us from really really um, feeling good and then we end up having this self-loathing and so when we inevitably make these mistakes and these failures in our life it offers that cruel reminder that you know what you're not perfect. You're not as perfect as you hoped. And you might respond with disappointment and guess what? Self-criticism. Oh my gosh. So you can see how that cycle is terrible, right? And when you hold yourself to the impossible standards or these impossibly high standards, you're inevitably going to experience disappointment. So 
The idea is, is that if we could accept ourselves exactly as we are and recognize that we possess inherent value that's independent of our achievements, that's independent of our beauty, that's independent of our talent, then you're going to be able to have this authentically healthy relationship with yourself. And guess what? That's what self-compaction is. It's about having an authentically healthy relationship with yourself. It's about recognizing that you possess value that's independent of your achievements, your beauty, your talent. And um, this is so powerful. So that's why self-compassion is actually so important. And it's it's a wonderful way to shift away from self-esteem and moving to a place of self-compassion. It's more powerful and it's more effective. All right. So then she, they, she talked all about like, what is self-compassion, right? And sometimes it's hard. It's easier to think actually of self-compassion in relation to relationships or like consider moments when you most like you felt compassion or you most experienced compassion in your life. So most people kind of understand compassion primarily in terms of their relationships. Like maybe you, you helped a close friend with a marriage that's going through challenge, or maybe you helped your daughter when she felt ashamed of her performance or something along those lines or something she's struggling with. You probably were able to provide, you know, these individuals because they're loved ones and you probably responded to their suffering in a really kind way, in a really compassionate, caring way. You know, probably you were hugging them, rubbing their arms, um, talking to them in a way that under was understanding and empathetic. Uh, if you think about that, that is what compassion is. And so when we think of self-compassion, if you like self-compassion, it's exactly that, but it's for yourself. So when you you probably when you're helping someone, you listen to attentively to their feelings. You don't judge them and you assume that, you know, they're they're still good people even though they're going through this challenge. And so it's really, really important to recognize that this shows us that sh- that's compassion. We, we know how to show compassion to others, but self-compassion is a little bit harder because you have to give um, this, com- this offering of compassion to yourself and we don't always do it. And the problem and what she talked about within her book is that sometimes it's harder to see the areas of suffering in our own lives. And so when you begin to identify these areas of suffering, or disappointment in your life, you know, just by asking yourself certain questions, you can see where you might be feeling a sense of suffering or just inadequacy, or, you know, um, maybe things haven't gone the way that you would like them to go. If you think about where it is in your life that you're actually having those experiences, uh, it's important because then you know this is the first step in knowing how and when to apply self-compassion. So think about it. Like, you know, you can begin by identifying those suffering areas in your life by asking yourself certain questions like, you know, how do I respond to problems? Um, and then notice, do I focus solely on the challenge at hand or do I step back and give myself some comfort? 
Hmm? What do you do? I know for me, sometimes I go right away and I focus on the challenge and I try to go in at what I call damage control. And I'm already trying to come up with solutions. And it's almost like I don't create that space for self-compassion. It's right away trying to fix things, right? And like going into damage control. What do you do? Like, do you, how do you respond to problems? Do you right away go into the challenge at hand or do you step back and give yourself some comfort? Also, do you have a tendency to like catastrophize about problems, right? Do you make bad situations seem worse? Um, It's like, oh my gosh, this hasn't gone through. And then, you know, you you ruminate and you worry and you create a bigger problem than it actually is. Um, Or are you able to reach out to other people and connect with other people when you're struggling? Or do you just, you know, hide and isolate yourself from others? Um, Can you call a close friend who, you know, will help you through this hardship? Or do you just let those feelings fester into, you know, personal blame and self-criticism? So these are some questions to really ponder because oftentimes, I don't know about you, but we move too quickly out and we don't actually offer ourselves self-compassion. So self-compassion is being kind to yourself and listening attentively to your own feelings, uh, not judging yourself and just uh, like making sure that, you know, you're, you still know that you're a good person, even though you have these challenges. And then also like just being able to show yourself compassion during this harder time or um, offering this compassion through when, when you are going through suffering in your life. And so, yeah, so what are, what are your areas? What are, where are the most, you know, where are you suffering most internally? Right? Or what is those challenges? So take some time to reflect on this because the next step within our book is all about um, applying uh, basics of self compassion. And what she talked about in her book is she talked about the basics, the basic components of self compassion. She talked about self kindness, so being kind to yourself. That's one component. Another component is that it's the common humanity. We're all in this together, we're all human. And what reminds me in positive psychology is always this permission to be human, right? Giving yourself the permission to be human. You're human, right? You're going to make mistakes. Everyone feels shame at some point in their life and has these challenges. So another component that she talks about within her book of self-compassion is mindfulness. So it's self-kindness, it's common humanity and mindfulness. So what's really neat is that you can take yourself, walk yourself through these basic components of compassion, self-compassion, when you are going through a struggle, when you are going through a challenge, right? Is making sure that you use um, these components to really hone in on your and build your ability to have self-compassion. So let's talk a little deeper. And that's what she talked about within her book is self-kindness is all about being kind to yourself. So it's the cessation or stopping of negative self-talk. Okay. What do you say when you look at yourself in the mirror, when you put on that bathing suit? 
come on, be honest. (laughs) It's amazing, right? Like what comes up? We're so hard on ourselves and we're so mean. Or when we're going through a struggle or, you know, it's, it's amazing. Sometimes we talk really harshly to ourselves and we would never say that to our best friend going through a challenge. So it means that you've made an intentional choice to stop judging yourself for your suffering by stepping back from judgment or your judgmental impulses towards yourself. And you'll really gain this power to understand that you are, you know, you're not bad yourself just because, you know, you don't start, you don't want to condemn yourself or be mean to yourself for your shortcomings. And you want to learn from them instead of condemning yourself, that you want to support yourself through this challenging time, like a loving, compassionate friend or mother or someone would do for you. And you want to do it for yourself. Self-kindness is the cessation of negative self-talk. And, and, you know, during your next difficult moment, some of her suggestions within her, in her book were, um, to, to really focus, like when something isn't going a certain way for you, tell yourself, I'm sorry you feel upset. Like say it to yourself. I'm sorry I feel upset, right? I Or you know what? If you're embarrassed about something, you're like, embarrassment is difficult. Embarrassment is a difficult emotion. It's understandable that I feel this way. So you might even just like hold yourself in a loving embrace. You might um, do something that makes you feel a sense of comfort um, and really increasing this sense of just self-kindness, like holding yourself in a loving embrace. Um, and also, you know, what can you, what can you you do to give yourself some friendly comfort. So what are the things that may, what what would you do to your, you know, upset child or your best friend that is dealing with something like think about those things that you would do naturally and you turn it inward on yourself. So finding what are some of your friendly comforts. So when you show comfort to yourself, you know, you're acknowledging that pain, you're acknowledging, um, and you're, what you're doing is you're providing and playing a role of a caregiver. And that is so beautiful and loving and a part of self-kindness and being kind to yourself. So the next component of self-compassion is a common humanity. We're all in this together. So your feelings of shame and inadequacy are very common. So you, you don't need to assume that, you know what, your perform, your poor performance is somehow unique to you or you know, you're, what you're going through in your life um, is unique to you. These hurdles, they make us normal. These hurdles that we're going through is a part of life and it's common among humanity. And you know what? It doesn't make you terrible. (laughs) These hurdles actually are normal. They're a part of your life. And so when we humanize it and we really understand that everyone falls short, everyone makes mistakes, and everyone feels that energy and feeling of shame. So when you experience, you know, a layoff at your job or your marriage disintegrates or, you know, you you feel like you had an event that was really bad that went wrong, um, it's amazing that we tend to want to do something about it um, right away because we don't want to feel those problematic feelings, right? Those feelings of sadness or shame, that sometimes we move right away to another, some people numb with alcohol, some people, you know, go shop on a shopping spree, 
Or, um, but these, what we want to know is recognize is that these are normal events. Like these things that we're going through are, are, you know, there's other people in the world that have gone through this probably as well. I love the way she said it in her book. She suggested that it does mean that you want to see these challenges. You don't want to see these challenges rather, or resist the urge to see these challenges as proof of your inadequacies. So in other words, just remember, it's really, see it as normal, like make it normal. And then um, some, I know the sentences that I use with some of my clients is if they're talking to me about something that's going on for them. Um, one of my things is it makes sense that you would feel this way, or it makes sense that, you know, you have an overwhelming sense of sadness or feeling of sadness. Uh, it makes sense, right? So it's that common humanity. I love that piece. Okay. So another basic component of self-compassion is mindfulness. Now, We use mindfulness as a tool that can really help us observe our feelings and also allow us to see and feel the events that are going on in our life with really nice place of calmness and also to see them with compassion. And so mindfulness is an important process because it helps us minimize our attempts at, you know, avoiding these feelings of shame, anxiety, and grief. And right, for instance, sometimes when we're in moments of difficulty, or or during moments of difficulties, we might feel the urge to jump into action. I know I do. That's what we were talking about before is I jump in, I call it damage control. And so sometimes we do that to avoid your true feelings. Um, I know I've been through like, a lot, a lot of long-term relationships and breakups and divorces, blah, blah, blah. And I know what I do is I have a tendency to jump right into damage control or what can I do? And, you know, and so I avoid those feelings at times and I, you know, I'm getting coached around them. So I'm definitely working through those feelings, but it's amazing how we have a tendency to avoid our true feelings and negative emotions are there for a reason and self compassion is all about honoring that space and mindfulness is so great because it allows us that to be aware that we might be trying to resist certain feelings like shame, anxiety, grief, sadness. Uh, so mindfulness is a great tool to use to help, um, you know, just to recognize when we're distracting ourselves, right? Um, sometimes we might, you know, distract ourselves from health problems and go in on a shopping spree or we might, you know, throw ourselves into a new project because we don't want to forget about how miserable our professional life is or, you know, or maybe we spend a lot of time at the bar, you know, numbing our grief. So whatever it is, we sometimes have a resistance to it ends up coming up anyway. And what she talks about is that this resistance, it actually ends up causing more harm. And when we're fighting these emotions, um, you know what? These emotions are actually there to help us get stronger. These emotions are there to help us and um, and make us understand, you know, what's going on for us and just honoring these. So observing your feelings and recognizing them just in a non-judgmental way, in a very mindful way for what they are. And this mindfulness can really create the space for practicing, you know, the habit of recognizing or recognition and non-reactivity. So it really allows us to gain more self-awareness and it reminds us to be self-aware and to not be in this, you know, reactivity mode, um, 
which is, you know, trying to mask those feelings. So self-compassion has those wonderful three basic components she's talking about. Self-kindness, so being kind to yourself, you know, asking those questions or just like honoring, you know, what's going on and removing, taking that commitment to remove that negative self-talk. And just, you know, it makes sense that, or I'm sorry, I feel upset or, um, embarrassment feels difficult or embarrassment is difficult or whatever it is. Um, I feel, I'm feeling shame around my breakup or whatever it is that comes up for you. Um, honoring and being kind to yourself is really, really important. And then also recognizing that it's not self-kindness is about, it's not about inadequacy. It's, it's not at all about you being inadequate. It's about self-kindness is about honoring that, you know what, this may have happened, but, um, you know, stepping back and just honoring that it's not necessary. It's not about judging yourself and criticizing yourself. It's about just being kind to yourself, even though you have strong feelings. And then also exercising that confidence and humanity. So recognizing that, you know what, uh, you are, what you're going through is more common than you think. I know I joined a support group, Naranon support group, and I can't believe how great it's been for me because there, there's a whole bunch of people there that are going through what I have gone through. And there's a common humanity about that. And it feels so supportive. And so just recognizing that you're not alone is one of the components of self-compassion. And it's so important. Also, mindfulness, right? Being aware of like, you know, are you resisting some of these these hard emotions? Uh, and we highlighted a book, right? The Upside of the Dark Side. So recognizing that like negative emotions actually can be good for us and just honoring those emotions. And, and that's the critique of positive psychology too. They sometimes think that it's about being positive all the time with a big happy face and sticking your head in the sand and not really being acknowledging bad things happen. But really what it is, is about being mindful and recognizing that there, there's a whole gamut of emotions and that the negative emotions are just as important. Shame, guilt, fear, anxiety, grief are so important because they're, they're part of all the emotions that we can experience. And by not acknowledging them, we're doing a disservice, right? Because they're there for a reason. They're telling us something, they're communicating. And so I love this component of the book because it's all about becoming mindful and observing these feelings and recognizing them, but not in any judgmental way and just, just see them for what they are. And that is one of the key things. So you know what? That I love one of the exercises that she suggested within her book too. It's all about finding the silver lining, like think about one of your, one or two of your biggest challenges that you've ever faced in your life so far. And think about, you know, you know, think about one of those problems perhaps that was so difficult that you thought you'd never get through. Uh, and at the time it felt like you wouldn't get through. And isn't it amazing? Like, can you think back? Like, did you grow as a person? Did you learn something important? Did you, you know, find more meaning in your life? I know I have from all those, uh, challenging things, some of those big challenging things that I faced in my life. But you know what? The next step to this exercise is to think about a challenge that you're facing now and then think about it. Is there another way that you can see this problem and how can you see this problem in a different light? And that is so beautiful because you know what? The reality is, is that 
there's probably some things that are positive that might come out of the present circumstance. And you can apply these three components of self-compassion in amongst the struggle that you're going through right now. And so offering yourself self-kindness, offering yourself um, the, the idea of the common humanity, and then also just be mindful of you know where you might be resisting these emotions. Um, so what I love about this book too, is that it really does integrate positive psychology and self-compassion and how it's really important because over the past decade, like major psychologists such as Martin Seligman and Mahali Csikszentmihalyi, they really have studied how increase, like in a, when we focus on positive emotions, like love, joy, curiosity, and hope, they can really help maximize our health and our well-being. And positive psychology is that movement, and we focus all on the understanding that factors can lead to mental health. And also, there are factors that can lead to mental illness. So positive psychology is really about cultivating strengths and, and rather than eliminating weakness. And so it's really self-compassion. I love it because it fosters positive emotions. It, it really does foster strengths and also self-efficacy. So this book is so great because it really does help us in so many ways. So the next section of our book, she did talk about the benefits of self-compassion. It's going to help us become more emotional resilient. It's going to help us to opt out of that self-esteem game. We feel really great and then we feel really bad and then we feel really good about ourselves and we feel really bad about ourselves. And then also it, it's, it helps us with motivation and personal growth, right? Because we honor ourselves and we see where and how we can grow. And um, we are having a a more effective communication with ourselves. We don't feel as much like failures or disappointed or shame. Um, And also it allows us to have more compassion for others and it helps us in our relationships. So you can use self-compassion to transmute suffering into joy. You can literally change that feeling of suffering and you can change it into joy. And science has proved this. So by changing the way you relate to your own imperfections, you can change the way you relate to your pain by simply being self-compassionate. Oh my gosh, it really can change our experience that we're living. All right. So she did talk about some of these exercises. So trying, uh, so basically we can't control everything in our life. Trying to control everything in our life is going to be a waste of time because it's not only always going to go the way we want. And so the unexpected, the undesired things are going to happen every single, like in our life. So what we want to do though, is when we wrap our suffering in a cocoon, I love the way she put this. Um, this is the butterfly emerges, right? When we wrap our suffering in a cocoon of compassion, something new emerges, right? We become more beautiful, more exquisite and more wonderful. And so that is really the premise of this book is about wrapping your suffering in a cocoon of compassion. And we come out like a butterfly, more beautiful. And so some of her exercises that she suggested within her book are transforming negativity. So the next time you find yourself in the grips of negative emotions, try generating some positive emotions that go right alongside them. So um, some sentences that you can fill in the in the blank are, it's hard to feel, you fill in the blank right now. It's hard to feel sad right now. 
but it's hard to feel shame right now. Um, And then you could also say feeling, fill in the blank, is a part of the human experience, right? So feeling embarrassed is a part of the human experience. And, or you could say, what can I do to make myself happier in this moment? And all of those questions are so powerful because they really do bring us to a place of self-compassion and it transforms negativity and it actually applies self-kindness, common humanity and mindfulness and self-awareness. It's so incredible. I love that exercise. Then she also talked about another exercise, which I love. You know, I love the actionable nuggets, the takeaways that you can use right away. And these are them. Um, She also talked about take 15 to 30 minutes to go on a pleasure walk outside. I do this all the time. I do it with my dog. So the goal is of this walk is just to notice as many pleasant things as you can so that you're, you know, really generating an upbeat frame of mind, right? So how many happy things, how many beautiful things or inspiring things can you notice while you're walking? And that literally can help shift your energy and shift like shift your focus. Um, she also talked about, um, find the silver lining. Like I told you about earlier, you know, thinking of those bigger challenges and asking yourself, you know, did I grow as a person? Did I learn like seeing the growth in it? The other thing she talked about doing, which I do all the time, and I always suggest it for my clients too, is there's power in gratitude journaling. And there's also power in savoring. So um, savoring or thanksgiving, it's almost like just taking that energy of being so grateful for yourself and your life and really savoring and appreciating yourself. So self-appreciation is a wonderful tool to help you um, really grow your self-compassion. And another exercise that she talked about that I liked was appreciating yourself. List 10 things about yourself that you really like or appreciate. And it's so funny because as you write these down, like as you write the qualities down, notice if you feel uncomfortable or almost embarrassed or if you feel like you're feeling vanity or just unfamiliarity, just notice those feelings of discomfort if they come up and remind yourself that you're not claiming you're better than anyone else or you're not perfect. You're not claiming that. You're simply noticing the good qualities that you sometimes display. So notice the good qualities that you sometimes display and really make that list about all those things that you really like about and appreciate about yourself. That's a hard one, right? Okay. I have to admit, I haven't really done this one. Uh, It's harder for me, but I'm going to do this one after reading this book. Okay. So that's basically it. Like there's so much more in this book. Oh my gosh, this book was so good. So when we strive for high self-esteem, we might need to like tell certain lies to ourselves and we might have to almost convince ourselves that we've like, we feel superior and we have to put other people down or right. When we, when we strive for self-esteem or high self-esteem, um, sometimes whenever those lies fall apart or when we have evidence in our world that we're not as great as we really are, we become extra critical of ourselves and our failures. So self-compassion on the other hand really prevents this 
a fluctuation between artificial self-love and kind of feeling those depths of despair. Self-compassion has the power to transform us mentally and emotionally. And it's so great because it's it's all about um, instead of lying to ourselves to feel good, it's about feeling good. <laughs> it's about feeling the peace of accepting yourself just as you are. And instead of loathing on your failures or loathing on yourself, you'll recognize that disappointment and imperfections are actually normal experiences that everybody shares. And I love this book because it, you know, when we really feel good about ourselves, we don't need to artificially boost our self-esteem or try to achieve more or be better. Uh, Instead, we can develop better feelings about ourselves just by increasing our self-compassion, by treating ourselves with this kindness and accepting ourselves exactly the way we are. And you can develop this authentic inner peace and feeling better about yourself by practicing all these wonderful suggestions within this book. That's it, my friends. That's Self-Compassion by Kristen Neff, The Proven Power of Being Kind to Yourself. Loved it. Such a great book. I hope you enjoyed it as well. I have an amazing book I'm highlighting next week as well. So make sure you hit subscribe. And if you haven't done a wonderful review yet, I would love, love, love for you to do that because it really does help grow the show and it tells other people why they should listen to the show as well and what they would get out of it or benefit from. So thank you so much. I'm going to start doing listener shout outs as well whenever I read these reviews because I think they're so special and they really do help grow the show. Thanks everybody. Have a great week. If you like this podcast that's like personal training for your mind, you've got to come over to my website at andreasadel.com where I take all these books, I highlight, coach, and summarize the contents in my unconventional book and coaching club. Let's face it, no one is sunshine and butterflies all the time, but we can make happiness a lifestyle. So I want to invite you to sign up at my website for my freebies and giveaways so that you can start each week positively. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, download and write a review because they really help grow the show.